Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the consumer product space in the water category. We're talking alkaline water, and you guys are going to love the conversation today. I'm so excited uh, for, for you guys to meet my guest. He's the CEO of the Alkaline Water Company, Ricky Wright. Ricky, it's so great having you on the podcast. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having us. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. And I had so much fun uh, learning about your business and you. And I can't even wait to like unpack this. I was sharing with you um, before I hit record that like I used to blog and write on leadership content and leadership stuff. And you are here, the CEO of this company. So I can't even wait to like get some of your leadership insights from this. So anyway, before we go there, share with us some of your background. And, and I, as I was looking back through your career, it looked like you started off in finance and here you are leading a water company. So share with us some of your path. Yeah, a little uh, little different route than most guys that come out of the big four. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I actually started with Arthur Anderson clear back in 1978. Oh, nice. And so I'd spent uh, basically 12 or 13 years in the big four. I was actually a regional director with Ernst & Young. My biggest, uh, my biggest problem was, was I'm a dyslexic accountant. Okay. And so they wouldn't let me do uh, audits. They wouldn't let me do tax returns, but they would let me do research and planning. And so I was involved in a bunch of M&A deals. I was always the guy that if they had a problem they couldn't solve, I was the guy they brought in. Well, about I was about 32 years old, 31 years old, and I got an offer to become uh, the president of a franchise company. They offered me 25% of the company. And of course, you know, this is how dumb I am. I'm actually, my direct report is uh, Wall Street, right? You know, top of the penthouse. Totally. And sure enough, I said, oh yeah, let's go into restaurant business. There's an easy business. And so I began that business uh, 30 years ago. And pretty much between the work and experience I had in the big four and the consulting and that first couple of years in the restaurant business, that's when I really developed all my uh, business acumen. And, you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, when you do a restaurant, you really have, you know, you're a manufacturer, you're sales, you're, you've got everything, you're a distributor, you've got everything going on that you have in a much broader base type of businesses. So really that's where I developed my philosophies. Uh, I was really blessed in having some really good mentors over my lifetime. And that I just, as I tell some people here, you know, take what you like of me, you know, learn, learn my strengths, grab onto those and the things that are my weakness, you know, cast off and, and don't bother emulating any of those. So wow. those are kind of, those are kind of my background in terms of, and then I've been uh, blessed enough. I actually got to retire. I invented some stuff in my lifetime. And so, oh really? Uh, but so I'm back at the grind. You can't just blow over that. So tell me about that. You know, I was I was lucky enough to have a brother that was really, really smart. And uh, <laughs> we developed the first prescription drug card that wasn't tied to an insurance company. So that what? good RX you see today. Yeah, of course. Uh, good RX. I see the commercials all the time. Yeah, Jimmy came up with that some 25 years ago, 30 oh. years ago. Wow. So we, it's not our brand. Uh, we got out of it very early. Now, this is one of the things I actually learned in business uh, as part of my business experience is that, you know, if the market is big enough, I'll use CBD as the market example. Totally. Right? fragmented, nobody, uh, you know, you stay in it longer than you think you should. You know, there's no reason to early exit something. Got it. If you've got a superior product, 
and the market is huge. And right now, in that particular market, I think the market leader is 4.6% or something. Right. I can't believe you just brought that up. I promise to our audience, I did not cue Ricky to say that, but we've had a number of guests on the last literally six, eight weeks in the CBD space. And it's exactly what you're saying, Ricky, where each one of them is like in this specialized market or segment, and they're all like just early stage because the market isn't even there yet. Like there's so many states that are just approving. Like, I mean, it's just, there's so much unbelievable growth there. Anyways, total, total sidebar, but yes, I totally agree. Yeah. We'll get into that. I mean, we, we are a lifestyle brand now, so we will have the opportunity to, to go that way. So basically, you know, for the last 30 plus years, uh, I've been a, an entrepreneur and I have uh, had the opportunities to venture out into a bunch of bunch of different things. And one day I'm on an elevator with my uh, co-founder and he mentions, uh, you know, he'd like to go into water space. And I started down that road with him. And about so two cool. or three years after we started, uh, we came up with the Alkaline Water Company. Okay. Love it. So perfect setup. Um, and what a great bra- background uh, leading into it. By the way, I started my career at Ernst & Young and just a, a little plug, like I think that was the best training possible coming in, out of college. Like, I, you know, having multiple experience with the different clients and the training that those companies provide, just a little big four plugs. Um, and I'm sure you found that at Arthur Anderson because I almost went to work there too. Um, well, you know, I actually so became, I was a regional director at Ernst & Young. Oh, that, yeah, I remember you mentioned oh. that. So funny. Yeah. But yeah, I looked at Arthur. Anyway, I don't want to go into my career. Um, okay, so this is about you. Um, all right, so you decide, <laughs> you guys, you're going to start a water company. So how do you go from we should start a water company to actually starting the water company? What were the first initial steps you guys had to undertake? Well, you know, one of the things is that I'm a former restaurateur. And one of the things that was most important to me was the actual taste. You know, you can totally you can give you a small plate. I can give you a lousy service. I can overcharge you, you know, i.e. I'm a French restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. But if the Agreed. food is great, yep. you're coming back. Oh, over no doubt. And over. No and over doubt. Again. And that really was the key. So we actually set out and we did a survey and clear back eight years ago, the number one tasting water in the world survey wide was Fiji. Yep. Great brand. And, Fiji has a certain smoothness to it. It no has question. silica in it, and there is a you know a certain body taste feel to it that is very you know, refreshing for a lot of the, a lot of uh, people in the world. And so, we actually hired a water engineer and said, okay, you know, here's here's not a pile full of money, but here's some of Ricky's money. <laughs> nice, <laughs> got it. And develop us a water that tastes like Fiji. Wow. But we didn't give him any other criteria other than that, and so okay. he came back. This super clean uh, beverage called Alkaline 88. We ended up with Alkaline 88. That just is basically ionized purified water that we used Himalayan pure Himalayan rock salt to 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 actually cause some of the ionization process. And so we actually are the only water I know of that is in enhanced space with only two ingredients: wow. purified water, pink Himalayan rock salt. So we actually Crazy. trademarked. And I was looking for it, kind of a shameless plug, but nobody can see it. <laughs> right. We actually. We actually uh, trademark clean beverage. Oh, no uh, way. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, there's clean eating and clean drinking. And so everything we do is, is based on that. So the very beginning and the essence of all of our product is the taste profile. I love it. It's going to go into consumer's mouth. I learned in the restaurant business, if I gave one person at a table of four a crappy meal, I was probably going to lose all four. All four, no doubt. I can't believe there's no like pink Himalayan like logo on your your label, <laughs> by the way. Um, we do say it out. 
not, it's not on our labels. Is it, yeah, I went like the, you know, the, anyway. Not, yeah, no, but, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, that's so cool. So you have, you, you decided to get someone to develop this taste profile um, in, in beverage. So how do you go from that to, okay, now figuring out packaging, figure out, you know, go, so go to market strategy, et cetera. So, you know, it's a couple of, you know, we got, we got lucky. Okay. You know, right product, right time, a little bit of vision. Uh, we knew that the alkaline water was finally accepted out of the uh, healthy food channel and sure. it was beginning to become more mainstream. Uh, even, at, even though when we actually trademarked alkaline 88, uh, you know, there was only 3000 Google hits Wow. And alkaline water. And they were all Kangen machines. And I actually had an early investor say, why the blank would I name a water after a battery? Right. Like alkaline batter. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he said, who's who's going to drink that? But we had the foresight to say, okay, you know, we're going to capture it. And I actually went to my, my brander, who I've worked with some 32 years on, and I said, hey, you know, Rob, I want to be the five-hour energy of the alkaline water space. Love and I, that. I've actually coined a word i use so and when i describe things and that is identifying branding so okay. 88 cbd what do we sell um cbd uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 88 enhanced water what is it enhanced, enhanced water. water right right uh alkaline 88 water what is it alkaline water alkaline good water. you got you got yeah, the quiz. I, i've now learned yes yeah so <laughs> so that was really the case i mean and then we became a word of mouth water right and uh, we've spent virtually no advertising dollars so, and we've sold over hundred million. Okay. So I want to go there in just a moment. I I know, like, I can't even wait to, to ask you about that. My question though, on the, on the brands, so Alkaline 88. So um, help our listeners with the water industry and just the, the segment within consumer products. So like, you know, what does that look like and where does Alkaline Water fit into that? So we're in the enhanced water segment. Okay. A lot of people also call it value value added water. Sure. I think that's how Nielsen refers to it. Yep. Uh, and and the value water added water space, uh, it's it's a two billion dollar plus wow market. Uh, we are actually the eighth largest uh, vendor. Got it. So you know we're the tenth largest brand, but we're the eighth largest vendor. So if you look at the list of who we're with, we're with Coke, we're with Pepsi, we're with sure. Dr Pepper, Nestle. Yeah, I mean, the big brands. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's and there's awesome. only eight of us over fifty million. Everybody else is way lower than that. Wow. So again, a pretty, pretty, pretty rare fire day to be in. And the alkaline space when we started, you know, this is how lucky I got. Uh, you know, we talk about luck. Uh, one of it was, you know, we had the feeling that the alkaline water was going to be successful water. Nobody was referring to it at that at the time. It was all high pH. It was called and high so, pH water. That's what yes. Oh, wow, nobody interesting. referred to it at alkaline at all. Huh. And so within the first week of taking money uh, from somebody outside of our, our, our small investor group, uh, Dr. Oz came up and put it on his program. Wow. You know, said within Jeez. the program, you know, you can get rid of your Pepsi and Coke, but you got to drink alkaline water. It wasn't my brand, but it okay. was the phrase. But it was the water. phrase. Got and it. And then Woman's First came out with an article that said, hey, if you drink alkaline water, you're going to be smarter, prettier, and skinnier. Okay. And that, wow. that literally was their So then people brand. go Google alkaline water, and here's the alkaline Boom. water and company. Then had, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you had Tom Brady coming out. Right. I and, saw that. Yeah, and then so you cool. had uh, Kelly Ripken. And so we just timed it perfectly. And the other thing we did kind of genius is that we went out and we decided to go in a large, large set. There was nobody selling enhanced water 
in gallons when okay, we started. Okay, got it. So you, Not a okay, person in the world. Got it. And the other thing we did, which is, you know, the first person I hired was a salesman because nothing happens without a sale. <laughs> yep, that's true. Right? Zero. <laughs> and so he's the third, third person in the company. And, uh, you know, what we didn't know at the time, or at least I didn't, is that the number one selling SKU is a gallon bottle of water in a store. Wow. On the weekends, if you go on a weekend, you see all that, that yeah, aisle. That's it's all cleaned uh, out. Yeah, the shelf is yeah. empty. Yeah, and so we didn't realize that. So unlike my competitors who went into the healthy food section, right? The organic, yeah, exactly, all, or like single we serve. We went in, yep. and insisted on in going in, and he was a great sales guy, and he got it through into the regular water set aisle. Got it. And that wow. was the difference in you know getting sell through and not because virtually every shopper, seventy percent of the women that went by right? Had an opportunity to look at our product and just make it a business decision. Got it. Whether or not they were going to, or personal decision, whether they're going to take it out or not. So was there an early win that told you, okay, we got something here. Like, you know, you, you had the flavor like Fiji. That was good. You got some good packaging going. We had a cool name, Alkaline 88. Like it sounds cool, you know, but was there an early win or two that you, you thought, man, okay, now we're, yeah, we're getting into XYZ retailer or we got this distributor that, that wants to carry it. So we did a couple of things. You know, I went with a variable cost model. That was really my idea. We used co-packers and, got and it. My, my partner was using brokers and, and, you know, that was his idea. And, and, we were able to get into one of the major brokerage groups, but the early wins were basically, you know, the guy I hired, I, I tried to hire all people that were classically trained in the run their own business. So, it. you know, he okay. was out of Kroger, got but it. he'd also run his own business for, for eight to 10 years of his sure. life. So he's a grinder. He's an entrepreneur. He doesn't right. need a committee to, right. make, a to make a decision right? got or it. a consultant, right? You know, right. trouble with suits, <laughs> you need a committee or consultant. That's uh, true. Entrepreneurs don't need that. They just need three smart men or women in a room make to make a, a better decision. business decision. Totally. Well, he was able to basically go to some of the guys who used to work for him in Southern Cal and say, hey, you know what? You got a 98 cent water on a shelf. Put this $4 water on a shelf. Uh, you got, you know, 48 feet of space. Give me two facings. Well, let's see how Got we it. do. And so the rest is history because what wow. ended up happening, our Nielsen numbers went off the charts totally. wow. early on. We got into 10 places. Then we got into Ralph's and Fry's. Which was huge volume, huge volume. Okay. Yep. And then, you know, five years later, we delivered to all of Walmart's uh, oh, in a geez. single <laughs> in a single month. You know, we were one of probably the very few brands in the world. This is all you need to know about my operational team <laughs> and the people I surround myself with is that, you know, we got into 4,604 stores and we delivered to 42 DCs flawlessly the first month wow. and pretty much ever since. Did you have any challenges scaling production? I mean, going from a couple mom and pops and two facings to Walmart is not a small feat. You know, it's, it's interesting on that. The, the bottom line there was is that, you know, I wasn't out of a CPG background and I wasn't out of a water background. So one of the questions you asked, you know, what happened when I, when I took over? Well, one of the things before I took over is I refused to go west of the Mississippi. Okay. So you... you, okay. you I mean, excuse me, refused to go east, east of, the of the Mississippi. So you focus on... Stayed in our geography. backyard, which Got was it. Southern Cal and Phoenix. Yep. Okay. And then we went to Texas next. And then we got two or three plants on the East Coast. And what I didn't do, what everybody else did, is they sent a bottle of water from L.A. to Maine so they could be in a little podunk store someplace. Right. And I just refused to do that. So right. ours was very methodical. Well, that's we ended smart. up boom, boom, boom. So now we have our, our operations. All our co-packers are within 
uh, 600 miles of 95% of this company's population. Wow. Um, that's, that's amazing. And I think I had read over 70,000 stores now. Um, yeah, we're very lucky. I mean, we're in the greatest banners in the world. I mean, we're in, we're in Kroger's, we're in Albertsons, right. we're in brands. Walmart, we're in CVS, Rite Aid, HEB, Publix. I mean, we have great, great distribution when going back to the, you know, lifestyle brand. I mean, you know, I have very distinct business philosophies that I grew and got to know between, you know, the big four experience and my own experience. And, you know, I got an AC, A, B, C, D experience, which is access, benefit, capability, demand. Ooh, and one of I the like things that. that we have as a company is we have the access. Okay. Got now, it. You can talk about all these other guys right. and where they are on their, on their <laughs> spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> on their CBD growth. Yeah. Yep. You know, none of those guys can pick up the phone and get a no, get an audience you have access CBS. though, totally. Yeah. yeah, and so that's really the big advantage we have on all these lifestyle brands. So before we move over to the CBD side, uh, I'm just curious. You you have picked up great celebrity uh, involvement. I think I saw Beyonce, Mark Wahlberg, all, Tom Brady. Did you guys did you guys proactively go after them, or did they come to you and say, "Hey, I really love your brand"? What does that look like? You know, we actually haven't picked up anybody. We were we were working with uh, Mark Wahlberg, P. Diddy, and Jillian Michaels. We were oh, looking about Aqua Hydrate, yeah. and it fell through. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and so what ended up happening is that uh, we actually hired uh, Davis Allen, which is a major agency out Absolutely. of L.A. Totally. And so this coming year, you can expect to see some of that. But as in anything, nothing ever goes as quick as you think. And right, you know, celebrities, <laughs> right? You know, they're all high powered. They're all super talented, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten to where they are. And you know, it, it's it's always a tough nut. So if yeah. it happens in the next six months, who knows? Year, who knows? Right. But the good news is that you know we now have distribution capabilities across the country, and right. people can go find us everywhere. And so, you know, now it makes some sense. Yeah. Three years ago, we thought about bringing in a major celebrity before the Mark Wahlberg and P. Diddy moment. And candidly, we didn't have anything east of the Mississippi. Right. So why bother? Why bother? Uh, so, uh, you know, we focused on water uh, and most of your story is water, Alkaline 88 and whatnot. Um, but then there's Alkaline 88 CBD. So share with our audience what that is. Yeah. So, you know, by... My chairman and myself, I'm I'm very lucky to have a very active board. I mean, uh, you know, we use uh, we get data from Brian Sedano, who is the managing partner of Beverage Marketing Corp. Absolutely. He's also a board member. Uh, you know, they they literally consult with most of the major alcoholic and non-alcoholic businesses. I also have a very active chairman, uh, Aaron Kay, and he was heavily involved in the cannabis space uh, up in Canada. I've been lucky enough to have some interest in it as well over the last 12 years. And so it was a natural foray for us to move into that direction. We had the masking agents. We had the flavor profiles. We, had, we knew what we wanted. We had product differentiation. And so for us, us, it was simply waiting for the regulatory, uh, the regulatory landscapes to clear. Awesome. Uh, so it's, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's been the real challenge around that or not challenge, really the opportunity in that industry is for the States to, you know, to approve and allow access, right. For the products. Cause it's only been specific States that have opened up for CBD. Is that right? Yes, you're exactly right. So, you know, we we hire, we got three different attorneys working with us. <laughs> we got a specialist right in the state and local uh, wow. CBD compliance. And so, you know, we're very, very careful. We make no health claims on anything. Right. Okay. It's such we a early space. I mean, we so vet our, our, our websites. But the nice thing is, okay, so if you look at what we're doing, right, we're in alkaline water. It's going to be a billion dollar industry 
they, they predict by next year, right? Just that segment of the market. We are in, we're in flavored water. Okay. One of the I fast saw that. Yep. segments of the, of the market, our enhanced water, yep. you know, the reason the we're in flavored flavors. water goes, the infused, yes, infused flavors. flavors. And the reason for that is that, you know, I tasted a bunch of flavored waters and they all left a table, terrible Ugh, back I know. taste. I don't drink right? some of them, but you got peach, Ours, mango, watermelon, raspberry, oh, yum. They're like great. And, and they clean the palate. You know, I took a, I took a, a page out of the Frito-Lay book, you know, that commercial, <laughs> yeah. you can only eat just one. Yeah, I remember The it. reason you can't, can't only eat just one is because the flavor clears your back of your palate. If you want to oh. taste it again, you got to take another bite. Take another and bite. I spent two years working with a major flavor house developing that particular awesome. aspect. Of this, yeah, there's great packaging too on that. And then you got CBD and each one of these are on fire in their own right. Because remember, access, benefit, capability, demand, nothing happens without a sale. And if demand is being built by the marketplace, I don't have to build demand as hard. Uh, I don't have to spend as many marketing dollars out there trying to build my own demand. That's cool. I like the, that that acronym too. That's pretty cool. A nice way to be lined up and make sure everyone's on vision, right? Um, that's so exciting. So, um, what are the big keys for growth? You know, coming into a new year um, for you guys, like what does that look like? What are the what are your priorities? So, you know, I've made some announcements on this. I mean, we've obviously think we'll be in uh, potentially up to 40,000 additional banner stores. You know, we uh, hopefully huge you know, back on wood. COVID's kept some of those, uh, yeah. some of those slower than maybe normal on resets. But I think in the next two or three weeks, you'll start hearing uh, some good things coming out of the company. I, I have a habit of not making any announcements until the ink is signed. And we probably, <laughs> I think that's probably smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we see some in our normal banner, you know, uh, we will get some in uh, hopefully the specialty retails, our regular retailers, and maybe some drug. So I, I see that in big box. I see see that happening. But the big movers for us are going to obviously be the e-commerce and the CBD. Sure. Uh, I still believe, you know, the, the number one CBD brick and mortar is only 2.6% of the dang market. Unbelievable. You know, Unbelievable. so as I try to teach, you know, one of the lessons I learned in my life is that if the market is big enough, even if you're quote unquote late to the game, if it is so fragmented, you have an opportunity to become a major player just sure. by picking up a point or two. That's so true. And there'll you know, be, and so, there'll be consolidation down the road. I mean, you, you know, that's it's yeah, of course there happen. will, just like yeah. any industry, totally. right? You're going to get consolidations because you're going to get some uh, economies of scale. No and question. So, so I see that. I see the e-commerce drive. I see the, the store levels at the CBD side. One of the things since the uh, election that I, I find surprising is I think more and more retailers are coming out of the woodwork agreeing that they'll take in our ingestibles. Oh, you know, they were a little leery on the topicals sure. uh, only. And then I, now I think they're much more comfortable. I think their attorneys have gotten comfortable. Right. Someplace along the line, somebody got comfortable on their side. <laughs> right. So we're about probably eight out of 10 now are talking wow. to us not only about the, the topicals, but also the adjustables, which was a huge surprise. Convenience stores, we probably will make some a little bit of a switch in terms of our business philosophy. So far, we've been direct to warehouse, but I think we'll do some DSDs coming oh, up this good. year. Okay, I was going to wonder, could you go through another DSD provider? Direct store delivery well, right for now, those listening. We're, we're, yeah, right ahead. now we are uh, strictly direct to warehouse. Got almost it. Entire, yep. And so we'll see some. We'll pick up some DSDs. I'm okay. looking for somebody in north northeast. If anybody's listening to this, okay, <laughs> yeah. there, there are a number there. of bottlers out there that distribute other products, as you know. <laughs> yeah, so and then, and then you know we'll go in our backyard someplace, either Southern yeah. Cal or here. That's awesome. And we're working very hard to get those deals across the table so that that changes our business model. And then a big one also is going to be hospitality. You know, yep. it's especially as that gets opened dollars, up yep, okay, absolutely. in the water. 
and we were not in it at all. Now we've got Dots, which is the largest mm. distributor re- redistributor to restaurants in the country. And now we've got IABS Food Services. Uh, that's my dyslexia working full <laughs> <Nice>. bloom there. <laughs> um, and they're 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 a, they're a broker group similar to how we started Alkaline eighty eight. That's cool. Um, I always love to ask our guests like what would be two or three lessons learned in the time of growing a business. I think my question for you you shared some great uh, vision ideas and advice, but um, on your leadership um, so far in the company, maybe any hybrid of that. I'd love for you to share like what would be two or three things you'd want to you know, offer up to our, our listening audience? Well, number one, being a public company, I think, I think you need to have and develop a really strong relationship with your board. I've already mentioned that, you know, and, and even if it's not a day-to-day operational uh, issues, you know, like Brian doesn't do anything on a day-to-day operation. Aaron doesn't do anything on a day-to-day, but there are special projects that they can use their networks, their wherewithal, their Rolodexes. I guess there's a Rolodex anymore. I don't even know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, to, to, to reach out and help drive projects, <laughs> yep. right? That, that, you know, I don't take away from my operational team. And then the other thing is, you know, I've, I've, I had that business philosophy of low people, low capital, annuity, cash flow margins, nothing happens without a sale. I, I think maybe the most important thing is you work with your team and you make sure that your team uh, mirrors you in terms of business philosophy, and, you know, I, like I said earlier, I always look for experienced people that were classically trained, but ran their own businesses. So I've got a bunch of grinders. And so we all work really hard. And probably the best thing I do, I mean, contrary to what some people think, just because I know what's going on doesn't mean I'm doing it. You know, so if you're, ah, you're involved in too many things, uh, I meet with one guy at six in the morning every day, religiously oh, on a wow. phone call. That's awesome. Another guy at 630 in the morning, try to get that done. Direct My reports, rises d- direct eight reports eight. or anywhere? Yeah, my direct reports, okay. only my direct reports. Got it. 8, 8.30. So I've got, you know, the president of the CBD division we talk to every day, my director of sales, my director of ops, and my CFO. So those are the four that, uh, you know, I deal with. And, of course, you know, I work work within that framework on directions and where we're headed as a company. And and I usually get a weekly report, you and, know, of uh, what process sure. we make. And is it so – is it hard to set that culture or when you took on the leadership role of the company, did you have to, did you do things to set that culture or did you just find people that kind of fit that mindset? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you know, we had, we had a pretty significant turnover after I, I, you know, probably within that first year and a half, I, I turned most people other than my CFO and, and my uh, sales guy. You know, everybody else kind of, I, I moved them out uh, because the, there wasn't necessarily that cultural sure. fit. Yeah, I think that's, a, 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 you know, the culture oftentimes falls in, you know, in, in stride with the leader, right? And so um, it, as a new leader, you've got to make sure you have the right people in the right places to, to help make sure the culture, you know, is to the standard you're looking for. Yeah, and I only have one real real gift, and that's kind of to look forward. You know, it's 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 the six month out thing. Yep. And so, you know, I'm not trying to drive their day to day, but I am trying to drive them. So, you know, we mentioned maybe potential growth. I just I just had my director of operations make sure that we have export licenses and three of our plants. Ah, so very good. Yep. Exports pick up now that you know there's a change in the administration. Totally. And maybe the world market opens a little bit more to the U.S. Uh, you know, that's one of the big things that, that I've done literally in the last four months. Wow. Say, hey, you know what? Uh, we don't know. That opportunity may, may, may come again. 
Totally. Great growth potential. This has been so cool. I, I, I'm so uh, thankful that you came on today and to visit with us. Uh, share with our audience where they can find uh, your company, your brands, etc. Okay. So, you know, obviously, Alkaline88.com, uh, you know, and that'll lead you also to 88cbd.com. You know, they're, they're, they're interconnected. But, but we're in most major uh, grocery retailers in the country. Uh, you know, you can find a Walmart, you can find a CVS, you can find a Rite Aid, you know, Publix. Uh, you know, you've got Albertson, Safeway, and, and Kroger. So, I mean, those are those are probably good ones to start totally. with. <laughs> yeah, huh? those absolutely big uh, brands. So, and, and we're in a bunch of the Whole Foods and Sprouts. And so we, we still service that market as well. Got it. It's been so great. Um, so super excited for you guys. I mean, what a cool brand. And to know, you know, there's so much growth potential, both on the water side and CBD side for you guys ahead. Ricky, thanks for joining us. And I hope you'll come back on down the road so you can share with us some of the other growth stories um, from your path there. Yep. And if I can give you one more shameless plug, uh, it would be that, you know, I still think that we are one of the most undervalued beverage companies in the country. And we are publicly listed at WTER. That's water. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yep. On NASDAQ. Wow. That's a great plug. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> you guys have so much potential. Hey, man, thanks for coming on today. Thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.